Blog Talk Radio. This is Billy B.J. Jones and this is Nadine Tash and we are the co-hosts of Bright Talk. We're very excited to be with you today for our premiere episode. Today is August 15, 2020. Hope you are well with your loved ones and we hope that you are ready to be frightfully scared. Talk some fright, if you will. I want to take a quick moment and thank all of my social Everything, everything, everything. I cannot thank you guys enough, and thank you for listening in. We're going to make this a very, very fun hour for you. You know, if you want to speak to us during this one-hour live show, you can call us at any time at 347-539-5372. Again, that number is 347-539-5372. And if you're a little shy, we prefer to send in your requests, comments, or ideas. You take those two. You can email us at everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com. That's everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com. There's also a new chat feature. If you're on our site right now listening to it from the main blog talk archive, and there is a chat feature at the bottom of your, of your screen, you're able to join us at this time as well via chat during the live show, too. So you can chat in via your Facebook or Twitter account. So let's try that out as well. So, you know, the thing, people came to us, and when we start promoting this, even through our social media feeds, people were saying, Fright Talk, great topic. Yeah. What is it? So when you came up with this name, brother, this, I have to tell you, <laughs> congratulations, because you and I, we share a love for Fright. We for do. Fright. We absolutely do. You know? And, and what do you think people should be, be expecting from us? I think that anybody who listens into the show that is uh, a fan of horror, the paranormal, the occult, whether they are fans of movies and books and shows, or if they're people who are just generally, like we are, interested in the mysteries of different things that occur that may not have an explanation, that is why we are here. We are here to kind of put it all out on the table and discuss it. And I know that there are avid listeners out there that have a fascination with this stuff the same way we do. And we hope that you'll chat with us, whether it be during the live show or even thereafter. We welcome your comments and ideas, and perhaps one day you may be a very guest right here on Fright Talk. This show is sponsored by Jonathan Stalter. Have you ever been in a situation that, you, that your insurance won't cover? Have you not had coverage for what you thought you did? Now more than ever, everyone needs quality health insurance. Make sure you have the plan that covers your every need. Call Jonathan Stalter at 815-822-3557. That number again is 815-822-3557. Thanks for your support, Jonathan. 
it, you know, Lizzie, we were we were chatting about this show, and when we first talked about doing a Fright Talk um, combo, we recognized, obviously, we have an avid appreciation for horror. So right. people immediately going to want to listen to us because we're going to talk about films. Yeah, right. that's coming. And we could also talk about stories. Yes, that can right. come as well. But there are some other things that we can talk about. The ultimate umbrella idea that we need to keep in mind is the idea of this four-letter word called fear. Yes. And what is fear, right? I mean, yeah, that's an excellent question because I think fear obviously is different for everybody. As a matter of fact, we're getting flooded with questions. And the first question I'm going to go to is Jessica. Fear is a part of us. We can't escape it. it. But is it good for us? I think that fear to a certain level may actually be good because it may want to prompt us to do something or overcome something that we may not have wanted to overcome. But fear in general, as far as the fright factor, mm-hmm. um, it can pique your interest. So I think fear is a good thing if it's piquing your interest. I think fear is a great thing if you're getting entertainment from it in a good way, right? Um, <laughs> where you're not harming anybody else, but just in a genuinely enjoyable way. Um, I think fear is good, but knowing that fear looks different for everybody. And I think you would agree with that, that fear looks different. It for does. Everybody. It does. And fear, it comes in, it has its own stages, right? Yeah. There is fear, for instance, when it's staged, we're good with it. Exactly. Because we yeah. know it's not real. Correct. But when we become the protagonist of our own story, right. whatever it is that, or, or phenomena that makes us embrace it, then the, the laughter ends, right? And that's when the scaredom begins and all other sensations. Fear has different sensations, for instance. Each person has a different response to fear. For instance, when I go to Halloween Horror Night every year, I laugh. I, 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 just like you're laughing right now, brother. I laugh when I start getting very afraid, or I start cursing very vulgarly for some reason. Right. And I'll say things that my no poor innocent ears should be listening to. And so that's my response to fear. What's right. your response to fear? Well, my response to fear is actually kind of eerie. I get quiet. I get uh-huh. silent, mm-hmm. almost like stone face, no reaction. When I'm truly uh, afraid of something, I'm just almost just a like blank of what I would be, right? So that that's what it looks like. So if I'm ever really really quiet, I'm either very scared or really angry. Mm-hmm. That's the, the variation. Yeah. You remind me, my one of my my friends. Whenever we, we go on our our, our hundred attraction trips, he gets very quiet. Very quiet. Right. You know that he's scared when there's not a peep or sound coming right, from him. Right, right, right. <laughs> and so you're right. That is another industry. Some folks get um, balmy hands, oh, yeah, sweaty like palms, palm, yeah. um, or some people start laughing. Yeah. Uncontrollable laughter. Yeah, like a nervous Like uh, a nervous laughter, laughter yeah. right. Yeah. And some people cry, right? Right. And so I think to answer Jessica's question, I do think that fear is essential. There is some research that I've read over the few years that says, not only about the fear sensations, but fear is good for the heart. A little jolt to the heart mm-hmm. is good for restart. Continuous versions of that could have other implications. But the other thing about fear, too, is that the more that you resist it, the more that it wins. True. Yeah. True. And then I think there's also that element that, um, you know, I think people who, who have anxiety tendencies will agree with, the fear of fear. Uh-huh. Yeah. You're, you're afraid of something, but you don't know necessarily what it is. So the fear of fear is actually, uh, which I, I think can be, um, could be harmful, 
but you know, in the same token, that also exists within that element. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Jessica, we appreciate your question because it actually, ironically, was going to be our focus today to open our our talk right. here. And coming up in the future shows, we have a variety of things that we want to do. We have some focus topics that we want to say, but we're not going to say them all today because we want you to come back. We have to hook you somehow. But definitely today, we want to set the tone and the stage for what Fight Talk is going to be, right. not only for now, but in the, in the future episodes to come. And so, Nadine, throughout our lives, even coming up, when you were a child, when did you first recognize that you liked being scared or scary stories, scary movies, scary situations, scaring others. When did you first recognize, at least for yourself, when did you feel like this was okay for you? Well, I don't know what it was about it. Maybe it was taboo. I mean, I know that maybe the taboo aspect of it. I know my parents tried to, like, not allow me to see scary movies, but I was just fascinated by it. I remember being, you know, 13 or 14 years old and going with friends to the movies during Halloween time and asking people that were older to buy our tickets to go in to see the Halloween movie. And then of course, going into the Halloween, uh, at that time it was Halloween adventures, maybe that shop. And just the, the fright of it all, just, I, there was something about it that I felt was where other people were afraid. I'm like, Hey, I kind of dig this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So th- that's where it was for me. What was yours? My grandmother who's 79 and listening hopefully to this show, Betty Jones, <laughs> she is an avid um, reader of Stephen King books. Uh, she loves everything scary movie. If she's not watching HGTV or watching MSNBC, she's probably watching sci-fi right now. And she loves horror movies. And so as a child, granted, I couldn't watch anything rated R until I was late teens, but I remember being introduced to it or asking her questions about the books she was reading. Right. And at some point, I began to look into kid versions of those. She would take me and allow, you know, little troll books that the kids would yes. in school. Yeah. So we would get those books, and it just clicked in me. And my mom also liked scary movies as well. So it actually, oddly enough, it was part of the DNA of the Jones family to play it yeah. out. And I've turned into a lover of it since. And it's interesting. Halloween is one of the highest grossing holidays in America. Mm-hmm. And right now in a pandemic, people are celebrating Halloween. We don't even know how. We're still trying to figure out how we're going to do it ourselves. Right. But the beauty of it is that there are people who celebrate Halloween year-round on so, you know, via social media groups or support groups that they create. Or, or even if you go on Pinterest, you can see tons of creations. Folks are building right now their Halloween attractions. Yeah. So Fright, and fright is fun. Yeah. It's yeah. fun for many people, but not everybody, you know, it's an acquired taste, so not everybody it likes it. It right? is an acquired taste. And you know what? I'm glad that you mentioned Halloween, mm-hmm. because we have a question here from Sheila that says, what is your most memorable Halloween? Are you and Nadine lovers of Halloween <laughs> just like us? Now, I can tell you for myself, my favorite holiday. My favorite holiday, followed by Christmas, not because I receive gifts, because I like giving gifts. But um, Halloween is definitely, I'm an avid, avid fan of Halloween. And to be honest with you, I like Halloween. I like the fall. I feel that it comes and goes way too quickly. Um, And as far as memorable Halloween experience, I think trying to just sneak in to see scary movies and stuff like that, like in the theaters, and then going to the the (laughs) comic shop, to the... Halloween uh, costume shops afterwards. Mm-hmm. What about you, Billy? What was your Halloween, Man, your favorite Halloween experience? I have to tell you. Huh, there's so many. I remember, I'll tell you what I didn't like about Halloween as a child. Do you remember those plastic costumes that we used oh, to wear? Oh, yeah. And it had those so masks that never fit your face. They yeah. hurt your face with that it one hand in a rubber box. band. Yes. And you would see them in a drugstore yes. or at Kmart or wherever the stores that were selling at the time. So 
But yeah, I still like dressing up. So Halloween, obviously, is one of my it's my favorite holiday. Followed by, I would say, just like you, Christmas and then Thanksgiving collaboratively. Yeah. And so I and, and of course any day alive and a day above six feet above ground is a good day, right? Yeah. <laughs> but in horror, that's not so good. Right. <laughs> and so I would say for me, Halloween number one and two. Halloween has become so commercialized. It really has, yeah. I mean, there are YouTube channels of folks who are celebrating Halloween right now. Um, for instance, this guy is building. I, he just showed on his Facebook. We're in that group. Yeah, that, the, that, the, that Halloween the fan all group. Halloween, all things yeah. Halloween. Yeah. This guy has a 24-foot skeleton that he's ready to erect in his, his yard. And I am just impressed by his yeah. commitment. Yeah. Like, we love it, but we have our, our limits, right? right? And so I, I have to say that having that holiday in my life, I get to be someone I'm I'm not. Yeah. Dressing up and yeah. becoming something you're not. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm glad you mentioned those. I completely forgot about those costumes as kids. It was terrifying just with the notion that you're going to have to wear that and be that uncomfortable with the plastic on your face. But absolutely, <laughs> I, I definitely remember that for sure. Hey, we have a question from Karina. Karina is. Um, fit this question and thanks for listening. On the topic of fear, what is your biggest fear? Mine is tight spaces, claustrophobic. So uh, for me, I'm acrophobic. I I don't mind heights as long as I'm not looking down. But I don't mind being in a building. And like if I just stayed in like one time, I went to Atlanta with my significant other, and we stayed in the 62nd floor of a hotel in on Peachtree, Georgia, in downtown area. Loved it. I can look down and it didn't bother me. Now, I wasn't pressing against that glass, mind right. you, because acrophobia was kicking in. Right. But I would say that maybe height, certain dimensions of height, mm-hmm. they grip me. What about right. you? Well, for, and thank you, Karina, for your question. Um, she's one of our avid listeners. Karina, you rock. Yeah. So it's the same as Karina's, actually. I'm mm-hmm. claustrophobic. Um, I have, and you know this, I have a disdain for elevators mm-hmm. unless the elevators are glass. If it's a glass elevator, I got no problems. Mm-hmm. I'll go in up and down, but it's something about feeling any, and if the elevator is big enough, like uh, an elevator in Ikea is the size of a room that doesn't bother me. But when we're talking about tighter spaces, um, I get very uncomfortable, the sweaty palms mm-hmm. and absolutely. I don't even go into an elevator unless I have to, you know, at a hospital or something like that. And you know this, that most of the time I'll take the stairs. Mm-hmm. So I actually share the same fear. Uh, that Karina does, and other than that, there's really not much that that that'll instill fear in me. But yeah, I do have some uh, claustrophobic tendencies. Mm-hmm. You know, I have to share. There's one more that just popped in. I have a fear of of impenetrable darkness or blackness. For instance, when a hurricane, please not don't jinx it, please, folks. We don't <laughs> want to make our own fry talk show here. But in the event that we lose our power in Miami, as you know, for a hurricane, all of a sudden it's dark. I don't know. I cannot sleep in an all-dark room. I still have to have a little sliver of light coming from somewhere, from some light in the room somewhere. It is. You know why? Because it's not because I'm afraid of the dark. I could walk all in the house in the dark all the time. I just feel like I'm suffocating. Like something's going to, like, like, like I just right. know the darkness is going to grip me and suffocate me. I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> so, Karina, there you have it. And hopefully those of you who are listening, share with, share with us some of your fears as well. We, we appreciate your love and your continued support. You know, I, I have to ask this, Nadine, and this is, you know, very critical. As we are nearing uh, Halloween season, yeah. there is so much to, that we could normally do on ground. Yeah. I mean, the biggest fear there is right now is this freaking pandemic, right? Absolutely. And it's impacted yeah. us in so many ways. 
But do you see, and I'm going to make a prediction here. I predict there are going to be so many um, short films, maybe a major film perhaps, mm-hmm. that uses this era for something. Oh, yeah. That's right. Crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. what are some of the possibilities, right? It's crazy. I mean, they. I know that they they have already come out in the past before. They've yeah. some movies that that feature, you know, pandemic and stuff like that, you know. Um, but I agree with you. I think that during this time, I don't know if now is when it'll start or towards the end of kind of looking back. And I think that there's going to be a point where we look back and this is going to be very surreal. Like, wait a second, we lived through a pandemic. Like, this is something that, well, hopefully though you live through a pandemic, that this is something that you look back and you're like, huh, well, and then you see these movies, and when they do come out with those movies, because I agree with you, they're abs- they absolutely will, it may stoke even more fear, because people are like, oh, wait, this happened. This was real. This is not a hypothetical, right? So, definitely. That is true. Yeah. And I, and I feel that as it's, it's, hard to, it's really hard to find something new. I can't think of one thing that hasn't already been done and scare them, right? Right. Let's try right. this, right, if you don't mind briefly. No. Dolls. Dolls are overplayed. Dolls. Clowns. Clowns. Clowns, which, by the way, a few years ago, people yeah. were dressing as clowns, thinking that was cute. Let me tell you something. You show up to my house dressed in a clown outfit, and it's not my birthday or Halloween, you're going to have problems. <laughs> or that whole clown spotting Especially thing. Especially in Miami. Especially in Miami. <laughs> that whole clown spotting thing was not cute. Um, but clowns have been done. Dolls have been done. We obviously have the whole, you know, um, some entity infiltrating your dreams or nightmares. Mm. The woods. The woods. Ah, um, the woods. Like, insane asylum. Animals. Animals. Alligators. Spiders. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there zombies, of course. Yeah, I'd be yeah, remiss not yeah. to recognize that. And every time I'm, li- I'm making the list, it's like, what else is there? At the end of the day, I don't know if we should be worried about seeing what else. It's the, how it's being delivered. Right. right. Yeah, I agree. And there's so many new, I'll say some of the greatest films that I'm watching right now are on YouTube. There's some really awesome short films out there, folks. If you just go in and do a search, at some point we'll re- we will be doing a review of some of these individuals, but there's just so much incredible talent out there. Yeah. And so I can't wait to see what else comes because each generation uh, ushers in a new form of, of fear or, or, or fright in its own visage. Right. Mm-hmm. right. And you know what you mentioning about the Perhaps they'll come out with some mm-hmm. notes about the pandemic. We have a question in from Benjamin from Kentucky. Thank you, Benjamin, for listening in. He writes, we all have fears. As long as we watch them happening to someone else, we don't get as bothered. What's your most favorite scary movie ever? Top three. And I think that, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Claudia Mariaga has the same question about movies and, and songs. There you go. I like, I like that. that. All right. So, um, if you want to go ahead and start. No, go for it. All right. Doing good. So, I like It, the original. All right? So, the original It. Uh, I like Leprechaun, the original. Not Leprechaun in space. <laughs> not Leprechaun in Las Vegas with prostitutes. No, I like the original <laughs> Leprechaun when I was a kid and I watched it. And um, a movie that I feel mm-hmm. is actually quite creepy and not given enough credit is Stigmata. Until you... <laughs> Until you said that name, I forgot it even existed. Yeah. And now, yeah. And, and now comparing it to the volumes of scary things that have come right. out, by far, I, I feel that it's underrated. I completely agree. You know, your list is similar to mine. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll add a couple others as well. The Witch. The Witch is a great film. Folks, it's 
it's just good. I'm yeah. not even. I, I can't yeah. get enough of a plug for it other than just watch it. Okay. Yeah. Another that I found, and this, I'm gonna go way back in the day. How many of you remember the movie Phantasm? Oh yeah. That oh. was crazy. Mausoleums, little shiny balls running around to try to drill inside <laughs> of you. There. Uh, and I was the age of that boy at the time when that movie came right. out, so it creeped me out even more. Right. And then the third one. I would say the Hellraiser series. Yeah. Anything with yeah. Clive Barker from his novels to the actual movie adaptations to them. Um, I went as, uh, for, as Pinhead in, in college. We had a costume contest at college. And I had a friend of mine at the time who then was a special effects uh, makeup artist. And she said, you want to do it? I right, Let's do it. So it took her two and a half hours. And we used paneling nails. I had 100 paneling nails wow. and latex skin. And then we covered my face with all this white stuff. And I looked entirely like him. I, and we made the costume. I, I, I put on black gloves to hide my skin tone. So no one knew it was me. So when I got on stage that night and walked off the stage, the audience was cheering everyone. As soon as I got on, the entire audience was just silent. It shut down. And I stayed in character. I made a fake box. I went totally out in it. And at the end, I won first place. I was just saying, you didn't win after oh, that. Man, was $500. <laughs> I'm also, I would also make the argument that I feel that horror movies in the 80s and early 90s are so much better than what has come out um, in the early 2000s. And I really, yeah, yeah. I, really, I really think so. Now, about the songs. Okay. For me, Dead Man's Party from Oingo Boingo. Oh, that is 80s. Yeah. Dead Man's Party, yeah. Uh, Dragula by Rob Zombie. And uh, the last one would be Monster Mash. It's funny. I, I, I love all of those. I, I, and I, my list is almost identical to his. My only other is Thriller by Michael Jackson. Yeah. Like yeah. that. Do you all remember, and, and, do you, and listeners, I hope you probably remember this too. Listen, do you remember when we were children, you used to have those viewers, those little things that you put to your eyes and you could oh, watch yeah, them and you could just click and watch through. My yeah, mom yeah. decided to buy me the 3D version of Thriller. There was like a limited Disney version. <laughs> and I don't know why I was so freaked out just looking with my little eyes trying to see what was going on with Michael Jackson. Because at that time, videos on TV was in TV, but I wasn't allowed to watch that. Right. They weren't popular as much as they were. Then at one time, people were paying to watch videos through that box thing that used to be on TV. So we didn't get to see it very often. Now I can go on YouTube all the time and watch Thriller, and it's still a masterpiece. It's yeah. definitely ahead yes. of time. I agree with you. I definitely agree with you. Folks, you're listening live now to Billy and the D right here on our first episode of Fright Talk. If you'd like to chat with us, our phone lines are always open at 347-539-5372. 347-539-5372. And we see that you're not shy in our inbox. Thanks for the love. But the email address is everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com. You know, Nadim, as we, as we continue to grow this great thing called Fright Talk, yeah. what's your vision? What are some of the things that you want? And, and, and a year from now, we look out and we've done so many incredible episodes of this. Mm-hmm. What would you hope that we've accomplished with our, our listeners? I hope that the listeners uh, know that, you know, sometimes, at least myself, I kind of felt that uh, maybe growing up or something that I had this fascination with horror that, you know, perhaps other people didn't share that. Yeah. But I want people to know that uh, many people, what I want people to get from the show is that many people are fascinated by horror. They're fans of horror. And the scare could be exhilarating, right? So, and I want people to be able to tune into the show and hear different stories of things that maybe we have experienced or that other people have experienced and kind of piece this together to say, okay, maybe there are things 
that are more unexplained than what we would have originally thought. There are some things that can very easily be explained away by science, yeah. which I agree with, mm. but some things cannot. So I want people to just genuinely listen in and communicate with us and enjoy it and have a mental break from something that could stress them out. If they enjoy horror, they enjoy the paranormal or the mysterious, this will be that mental break for them every time that they mm. listen in. And what about you? What's your vision? I, I love what you just said. I also feel that regardless of your political affiliation, your viewpoints yeah. and all that, we want to have fun here. Absolutely. And so in a year's time, I'd love to achieve everything you just said. And just remind folks that the beauty of the human mind, especially when we reach into its darker inner chamber, yeah. that could be fun. It can. And so we hope that we would have turned you on to the considerations of what that means and how much it means in our lives, and hopefully that will translate over into yours. Right. You know, as we move on in this journey as well, I want to remind our listeners that what's your scary story? We'd love to have you as a guest on the show. You can talk to us about your particular story, have something strange going on in your house, perhaps. Let us know what that was about. We are all ears, and we won't judge. So we're not here to chide anyone or to to no, to joke about anyone's circumstances. No, no, we're here to, and we're and also too, we're not experts in fear, folks. No, we're creators ourselves. Yeah. You're talking to an artist and, and, and an author and a writer here as well. So we're in this ride together. <laughs> yeah. By no means we have all the answers. Yeah. But we know what we like. Yes. Yeah. And you know what's funny to me? When you hear those sounds, let's, let's talk about that for a moment. You've been at home alone sometimes. Yes. Right? And you've been in your home for many years. Mm-hmm. I've been here in mine now. We're here now yeah. in the studio for about four. You know your house. Yeah. You know the sounds and things like that. So it's safe to say that you feel good at home. Mm-hmm. But have you ever been somewhere else, not home? It could be at work, a relative's house, what have you, where you just felt uncomfortable? Uh, not really at work. Yeah. Uh, never really felt that at mm-hmm. work. But, yeah, I've been to other places where I felt uncomfortable. Just You know, sometimes you just get a feeling that you can't really describe. Right. So, you know, yep. I've gone on trips and I've gone to some museums that were mm-hmm. people's homes converted mm-hmm. to a museum. And so I think that uh, I think that there's many places that I've gone to that I have felt, you know, something is off or something is just you can't really pinpoint it, at least for me, because you don't know the new places sound. Right. You go into a building and you don't know their sound. Right. You know, it could just be the regular sound the building has going on on a daily basis. But I think in general, there's you get there is a spine tingling, you know, mm-hmm. feeling. That mm-hmm. phrase of spine tingling is actually true, right? So you you actually may feel something um, that you're like, well, something is not right here. Something's yeah. not jiving correctly here. Uh, but yes, I definitely uh, have experienced something like that. Um, well, I have a story, but I'll let you go with that. Uh, no, I'm going to hear the story. Please, share. <laughs> I, I don't want you to stop. This is what it's about. Please don't stop. I want to hear um, the story. I think they want to hear it, too. Go for it. So um, I mentioned to you before, uh-huh. you know, one of the you had asked me before, somebody had asked, mm-hmm. uh, like, what's your threshold for, like, scare? Yeah, like, yeah. what's something you're not willing to do? And I said, I wouldn't use a Ouija board. And there's a reason why. So uh, growing up, I had a neighbor, a friend of mine. And we played basketball every day. I mean, it's what we lived for. We mm-hmm. get home from school, we mm-hmm. eat a snack. Never really even focused on homework, right? I ate a snack and I went out and I wanted to 
uh, play ball or whatever the case is. Now, my friend, uh, he had a, a basketball rim in his house, and that's where we would play. You know, we didn't walk to a public park or anything. We would just play there. But he was so good. I mean, he beat me all the time. Mm-hmm. And I was much taller than he was. You would think I'd be better mm-hmm. at basketball than he was. Mm-hmm. But no, I mean, he would just beat, he would beat me uh, every day we would play. I wouldn't get tired. I'd keep trying to, to, to win. Well, one day he tells me, hey, you know what? My, uh, my aunt has a Ouija board. I didn't know what it was, mm-hmm. right? So he pulls it out. He's like, let's play with it. So I said, okay. And he's like, oh, but you could ask for things. And I said, I, I don't understand. So he, he explained some things to me, and I said, okay, I, I wish I could beat you in basketball. And, you know, we, we said goodbye on the board, whatever, you know, you drag mm-hmm, right. you say goodbye. Have, you always have to you say goodbye. Say goodbye right? right. And we go outside, and it was just him and I in his house that day, right? His parents were there. And I just, I don't know what happened. I was able to uh, cross over the basketball like I never did before, which I've never been able to do since. I was faster than I was before, and I blew him out of the water, something I had never done, and something I had never done since. Mm-hmm. And then, so we we finished playing. We're both kind of surprised that I beat him. But when we go back in, he had a set of sneakers by the board mm-hmm. that I remember seeing them because they were, uh, I think they were Jordan, right? And they were upright. And when we got back, the sneakers were moved around the room after we did the Ouija board, mm-hmm. went outside mm-hmm. the basketball, came back, and mm-hmm. the sneakers were moving. Wow. And it was just creepy to me. And I think to myself, okay, come on, be logical. What really happened? Did you just play better that day? Or was there something else going on that made you play better because you used the Ouija board? And then, of course, never mm-hmm. used it since because mm-hmm. it, it freaked me out. And I'm sure people will be listening and be like, ah, Nadine, you're just, you know, you're just in your head so much, but it was a very weird circumstance and I didn't feel like myself when I was playing. And I was 13 or 14 years Mm -hmm. old and that feeling, I don't forget that experience. Wow. Wow. And listen, and and no one, you know, folks, we're not here to judge. I think you're bringing up a very legitimate point. I've felt, and and I've met people that just gave me the fear vibe. And I was in a comfortable space, but something about them did not speak well to me. And one of that, those examples was when I was a college administrator, and I remember a student coming in my office wanting some routine assistance, but there was something off. I, and he was not, un- the student wasn't unkind to me. I just didn't want him there. And even my, my secretary and the student assistant at the front desk area, they even made a comment to me after he left. They came and, hey, are you okay? That something wasn't right about that person. We all felt the same thing but could not put our finger on it. It was very strange. And that gripped me because, you know what, this wasn't something produced in a film. Right. It wasn't something produced in a song. It happened right now in my postmodern right now. Right. It was right. another human being, which could also create fear. Yeah, right. yeah that's an excellent question. We have, a, we have a question in from Vanessa Torres and. I know Vanessa, she's amazing. Um, she has, by the way, an amazing Etsy store called Graphaholics. Oh, really? Oh, oh yes. Yeah. You haven't checked out Graphaholics on Etsy, you'll know what you're missing. All right, so her question is, what are your thoughts about the Candyman movie coming out this October? And how did the original movie impact your childhood? Billy yeah, that's, that's a very good question, Vanessa. I'll share this. I remember um, the gentleman, I can't recall the guy's name, the African-American who played the role. He's almost now 60. 
And he's at every com- horror Comic Con that he's been to. And so that movie was so creepy because it was the first time where you had a a, a male of color, especially a black man, playing the villain in a mm-hmm. sense. But there was a backstory, and there was this other historical context. And he was the antagonist, but also he was very significant and very connected to the antagonist, the the, the single the white woman in the movie. And I remember, you know, saying his name is very reminiscent to Bloody Mary. You right. said a name three times. Yeah. You summoned yeah. him. Yeah. I love the idea that flies were the symbolism that mm-hmm. was used in the movie because the flies were an indicator of his coming, his arrival. And so I, I thought it was so creepy. It was sinister and it was cool because it was very different and atypical for what came out back in the day. And what's happening now with the new Candyman, and I'll, I'll comment there, it is that the new Candyman, I feel, we have the advantage of technology today. Yeah. That affords us more of the special effects. I would hope that we don't look, get lost in the sauce of that and not keep to the, the, the foundation of fright and fear for what the original was able to translate over to the audience. And yeah. so, but that may be hard not to do that because we're living in the times we're in and people are looking for a good shock. So I do feel that the new movie, I'm looking forward to it just to see what comes out of it. And I always try to give something good, Vanessa, a good commentary to everything. Because if I didn't like it, then I wouldn't have watched it. I think we always have to celebrate the creative prowess of every artist. So looking forward to it. And thanks for the question. Yeah. And that's something you had mentioned uh, earlier. And I agree Mm -hmm. with you. A lot of things are a remake. It's hard to do the original. You know, we talk about it being a remake. Uh, I know Rob Zombie redid, you know, the mm-hmm. Halloween mm-hmm. and uh, Friday the 13th, which, by the way, he did justice to those. Yes, he did. So, yes, he a did. Lot of props to Rob, props to Rob Zombie. For sure. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I want to take a moment and remind everybody to go ahead and call into the show if you have a question. 347-539-5372. Again, the number is 347-539-5372. Or you can email us your questions, which, by the way, Billy, we are getting flooded with questions. Uh, yeah, we are. Everyday <laughs> folks listen at gmail.com. Everyday folks listen at gmail.com. Go ahead and email and call in your questions. And we have quite a few here. So I have a very interesting question from Pat. I want to present it, and, and you tell me what you think. I am, Pat says, I think there's something else non-human living in my house. I can feel it watching me at night. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Even my neighbors have reported strange things happening when we're not home. I don't want to sell my house, but I don't want to keep being bothered. I'd love to hear from others who are going through the same thing. Your thoughts? Well, <laughs> Pat, you know, I, I have to say this, Pat. First of all, each state has different laws on what they can disclose about whatever mm-hmm. in the history of a house, right? Correct. So, for instance, the case of someone passing away, and if someone passes in the home, it, certain states have things that say that doesn't have to be disclosed where it does. And so I always say, Pat, first start to find out the origin of your home. And if you still have folks who are in the community, who live in the community longer than you, we don't know your home's history, you may want to start asking those basic questions, doing some oral research, yeah. and then, of course, some digital research to follow that up. Mm-hmm. And I also think, too, that I don't think that it's easy. It's, it's quick for us. It's easy for us if we want to all the time dismiss it to science. Correct. Right? Correct. Yeah. Oh, the, the lights went off because it was the humidity was going on. There was a wind outside and hit the line, you know? Yeah, yeah. But sometimes when you've exhausted all those options and you have stuff, you know, have nowhere else to turn. 
if you feel the need to get some additional support, we do have, don't know where you're from, Pat, but I do know in Florida there's several um, paranormal investigation teams yeah. that will be willing to come out. Some come for free or pro bono, of course, to, to come and investigate. I would suggest that you do your homework to see what's going on. And also you need to, because I know the more you tell people, the more it becomes more um, of a joke to some. Because, they, you know, the more you give it, the less is belief, right? Correct, right. So, but finding and enlisting someone who knows you and knows your heart and character and who won't judge you, it may not be a bad idea to get those opinions as well. Yeah, and, and I definitely agree with that. I mean, uh, I know Pat mentions that her neighbors have reported strange things while she's not there. Yeah. She doesn't really specify what that is, mm-hmm. lights on or off, or that she's just not really saying, so I'm not sure. Um, but I I will say that I agree with you. I mean, there's, there's different uh, organizations you can reach out to or uh, whatever your religious belief is. I, I will say to reach out to, you know, some sort of uh, – minister or whoever that entity may be for you and then also i would say that have you my question would be have you recorded right Uh, anything uh you know set of cameras or something to record these things or even you know audio recording and so i know that pat you're asking has other have other people experienced similar things and i can absolutely guarantee you that other people have right so other people have and as you listen to the show you're going to get a lot more of those stories i mean today i myself just told you a story that's mm-hmm. something I've experienced and mm-hmm. something that Billy has experienced. So yes, you are not alone. You are not the only one, but definitely you have to do whatever's best for you and your family and whatever makes you feel the most comfortable as far as seeking any type of uh, help or assistance you need. Yeah. Safety first, Pat. Safety first, yes. Karina has a second question for us. Even though this year is a little more complicated with COVID, do you, do you guys still plan on dressing up? And if so, what are you thinking about dressing up as? Ooh, good question. Uh, you know, Karina, uh, you know, you're after, you are after a woman of, after my dark heart. And I have to share, <laughs> I was just telling Nadine about a week or two ago, I said, you know what, every year I throw a Halloween party and it, it is, you know, a, a pretty sizable group of people come and we, everybody has yeah. costumes and we have fun. I love to dress up in things that are horror. So yeah. because I like horror so much, I have a friend who's a special makeup artist, Erica Makeup by Erica. You can see her on Instagram. And you can go to my Facebook, my Instagram or Facebook and see some of my previous year's costumes and makeup too. And so I don't know what I'm going to do yet because I still want to have a party, even if it's virtual. Yeah. I'm going to have a virtual something. I'm figuring right. it out. But I do still want to do something sinister. And originally I was going to do like, Something called for the theme of the party, Nadine's hearing it for the first time now. Something like Carnival. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, something yeah. Carnival. So anything that would be wicked, a carnival gone wrong, let's say. I mean, after all, 2020 has already done a great job of that. So we might as well <laughs> manifest it into a carnival, right? So I was thinking of something along that line, but yet I'm still perusing the, the visual shelves of what the internet may provide. Any recommendations, Karina, I'm all ears. Yeah, and I think that obviously virtual parties would probably be a, the way to go, yeah. unless you're having a very small gathering. But as far as what to dress up as, I don't really, I haven't thought of it just yet, even though I do like dressing as something either very sarcastic, funny, or horror, right? So one or the other. But I think this year, um, based on how everything has gone so far, spooky is definitely the way to go. <laughs> And more surreal. It's <laughs> <laughs> definitely the way to go. Um, thank you for your question. And, and question. We're, you know, her question also prompted an idea that I just wrote down. 
you know, in a future episode, maybe as we're nearing Halloween, perhaps we can consider a COVID uh, Halloween party recommendation. Ah, That'd be a lot of fun to do, folks. So, Karina, thank you very much for for inspiring us, being our horror muse, if you don't mind. Yeah. All right, so we have a question from a gnome. I kind of like that it's from unknown because it I makes know. it kind of spooky, right? Yeah. All right. <laughs> and I legit, it's from unknown. Like I didn't like make up the question. Um, the person put, I like hiking sometimes alone in the woods. A few times I've remained out there until night. I've heard some strange stuff. Would you go camping? And if you have, what's the one weird thing you've heard out there in the world? Um, so I would go camping. Mm-hmm. But I would go camping. Yes, I've been camping. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've been camping. Uh, I would go camping with certain, let's call it provisions, <laughs> with me <laughs> for extra safety measures, right? Uh, so, yes, I definitely would go camping. Have I heard strange things in the woods? Listen, not only have I heard strange things in the woods, I've heard strange stories of the woods. Um, the woods are a creepy place. And part of me kind of digs that. Mm. Yeah. What about you, Billy? Have you been camping? And if you have, what have you heard in the woods, Billy? I've been camping twice. I do not like camping. <laughs> because I watch horror movies and I know the archetypes of movies, I know what happens to folks who sometimes, you know, represent like me. And so I do say, though, I will say though, in each camping episode, haven't seen anything but heard some really unique things. It's funny. When we're in the city limits of human life, the human life dominates everything, so we feel a sense of safety and comfort. Yeah. But when you're out there in nature, true nature, as, we're, as we were intended at least, then that's when all of your senses become more acute. Yeah. I just felt uncomfortable. Mosquitoes enjoyed me. They feasted on me. Same. And I would say this. I have a friend of mine, and Cesar Becerra, if you're listening right now, this is for you. He wanted to take our, my fraternity, our fraternity, he's a member of the fraternity, out camping in this time of year. And he wanted to go one night into the Everglades. And so <laughs> as a result, it freaked us so much. It, 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 I wanted to go, but the mosquitoes were so bad. But then I'm also compelled to go because I knew and felt the unique nature of what could be out there. And so I am definitely, definitely thinking about it um, in the future when weather is better and when things are better. And just like Nadim, under the right circumstances. Under the right circumstances. <laughs> holy water. Well, not holy water. I don't really care about the holy water question. So. so there's a question for Chris. Chris Casper, thanks for listening. So do you prefer movies that lead the scary to the imagination, like Blair Witch or the In Your Face Scare? I like the imagination. Imagination is very important. I'll tell you why. The special effects are cool, and I'm not here to dismiss gore or any horror that may exist in that regard. Because I, I love those, those, those dimensions of, of, of fright, too. But I would say, though, that when the imagination gets to run wild, that is so awesome, especially when a, a film director and actors are able to dig that deeply into your soul. Right. And that, to me, is true creativity, like Alfred Hitchcock. Right? Oh, yeah. Or the original The House on Haunting Hill. Have you ever read a novel by, by Shirley Jackson? Her only novel she's ever written. The movie adaptation, which is in black and white, is scary. And you, I'm sorry about the spoiler of her, folks, if you haven't seen it, but you never physically want to see things. Right. And that was scary in itself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I agree with you. And I think, you know, the person, uh, 
Chris men- mentioned Blair Witch, which I happen to like the sequel of Blair Witch too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the Book of Shadows is saying. Like, yeah, the Book of Shadows like, was better than one. I yeah, thought I thought too. so too. Um, so yes, and you mentioned the movie earlier, mm-hmm. which the scare is not in your face, but it was such a good horror movie, and it was The Witch. The scare is not in your face, but it's so subtle. So I definitely prefer Up to the Imagination. Yeah. Well, The Witch also had lots of woods. <laughs> yes, it did. Yes, there are lots did. of woods in it also. Why is it that every, and Chris, this, this, your question prompts this too. Why is it that everything that is period made is also creepy, right? Yeah. So yeah, anything that's not, yes, we get things in the 20th and 21st century, but those things that are not, that are, let's say, placed in another period, like colonial period, Victorian yeah. period. Because the Victorians were very superstitious people as well. Great period of literature, a great body of literature came out during that time too. But other periods creep us out. The Civil War. There is tons of reported yeah, hauntings of Civil War battle sites and cemeteries yeah. around the country. Have you visited some? Um, when I was a kid, mm-hmm. um, I didn't know any better. I went with my parents. But looking back, and I was like, oh, wait, I was there? You know, but yeah, and to be honest with you, as an adult, I would absolutely go. You right here. Absolutely go. Folks, we're right here in Miami, and people think Miami being the city of, you know, the glitz, it's, it's an international gateway. It has some creepy places, too. Yes, Miami and Fort Lauderdale, Dade and Broward County, we have our scared of, and we hope to have a conversation about those in the near future for you, right, Nadine? Absolutely. And you know, folks, we're coming down to our last 15 minutes of this live show. By the way, our show will be available in archive on iTunes and as well as in the Blog Talk Radio archive. If you click on our link on everydayfolksradio.com, you can play it back, share it with loved ones, and continue to fear all day long. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, Billy, we have a question in from Bianca. Yes. It's a good question, so I wanted to, to take a moment to answer it. She's asking, are the greatest of believers the most spooked by ghosts. What do you think about that? Do you think that the people who believe the most are those that are the most spooked? What is your opinion? Bianca, your question spooked us, okay? <laughs> it's, it's because it's, it hits to our core. And I, it depends on what you value or define what is a believer. So if we look yeah. at it from a religious context, then I would say those who are more religious because of the spiritual connection or, or interest, there is the potential for that. But I know some non-believers who, of, of, of faith-based systems who also get creeped out by different things. And we're talking about things that are creepy. I'm talking more so the things that may create fear or evoke fear from a fictional dimension versus those things that happen in our times, in our reality. Because there are a number of things that can scare us. It's a yeah. car accident. Right. You know, course, someone, yeah, yeah. you lose a loved one. Those things are natural, legitimate reasons to be afraid of something. But in this case, when it comes to believers, that's a really deep question. I don't have a full answer for it. I, neither do I. I think that um, can somebody who is more of a believer than somebody else get uh, more spooked by something? Yeah. yeah, possibly, because they have a higher belief that something exists. So, for example, if somebody believes in ghosts and that ghosts exist, that person, if they experience something supernatural like that, they are going to be, I think, more freaked out than somebody who is very quick to write it off. That's a very good point. Yeah. And, you know, thank you, Chris, for that question. We, and, folks, we're coming down to the last end. We got a number of questions coming in. This was from Mia. Hey, this is Mia. Thank you, Mia. <laughs> Ever since I was little, and this is what she writes, Ever since I was little, I would see things that others couldn't see. I remember a little girl called Lucy. She was my best friend. But what I didn't know was that her and her mother were, um, she and her mother were haunting me at night. 
My family told me I would speak their names and tell them stop. We have speculations, but it's so interesting. My whole family has seen things or gone through things. My grandmother used a Ouija board once and summoned multiple harmful spirits. Doors were slamming and chairs were rocking. I guess it runs in my bloodline. Even now in my new house, I've been hearing whispers and feeling a presence. Wow. And I thank you for sharing that comment yeah. and your experience, Mia. And Mia, you love to have a prolonged conversation about it. We're all ears here right here on Fright Talk, Everyday Folks Radio. Thank you for sharing. And that's a, Yeah, and I mean, you know, honestly, and then as far as that goes, obviously, hopefully, you're still communicating with your family, and then you're still telling them, and I'm sure they know everything that's going on. And I will say that certain individuals, or families for that matter, have a more prone or a receptiveness to the paranormal. So you may see some families experience more things than others, and it, I, I do believe that just happens to be that they're more mm-hmm. uh, more receptive to those things around them. But it doesn't necessarily have to be a negative thing. I don't think it's it's always negative. Obviously, she's you know describing some scary elements of the chairs right. rocking and stuff right. like that. But definitely, if you're still uh, um, with your family and they're seeing that as well, it's something that you guys are experiencing mm-hmm. you know together. But I think some families are just kind of draw or have more receptiveness. Or just are more attuned to those things. Yeah, I um, agree. And I, I, I think, you know, me at the end of the day, keep us posted on what you're doing and what you're going through. We're very fascinated, and we'd love to have a dialogue with you. Cause, yeah. You know, much, you know, first, safety first. Mm-hmm. But if you're willing to share, if it's not going to create some other you know, situation, right, right, right. we welcome you here at, at Fry Talk. Yeah. We have a question here from Justin. What's your take on gore versus regular horror? Mm. That's a good question. It I mean, is. Um, so I'm a fan of horror. I'm not so much a fan of gore. I don't find gore scary. I just find it over the top. For example, I never found any of the Saw movies nor entertaining nor scary. They were just kind of gory, and I was like, all right, yeah, whatever. I'm not a fan of, of the, the Saw series. So I, I really enjoy horror. Gore, mm-hmm. meh. It doesn't do anything for me other than I just see it as being a little over the top um, in in certain films. Have you seen the film, which to me, this film, it teeters on gore and horror, Evil Dead, the original. Oh, of course, yeah. Because there's like dark comedy meets. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't even know how to even illustrate it because I remember watching it through my young lenses. It, it creeped me the hell out. But as an adult, I'm laughing more with Ash than I did yeah. when I was a child, right? right. Conversely, then we could take Ghostbusters. Is yeah. that even horror? I found it more comedy than right. horror. And look at the cast. The cast was very comedy-driven. Right. But even still, it had dimensions. I thought there were some good moments in it where when the, with the, the library, the ghost library goes, shh. Yeah. I thought that opening was classic, right? And then, you know, that fun in making being scared fun was the feeling when I watched that movie. Yeah. Whereas watching The Witch made me right. want to keep my life going. <laughs> right. And there's some movies that just have that fun element. Beetlejuice. Yeah. Beetlejuice to uh, me has a fun element and it's funny. Never do I find it scary, but I think some people see some areas of the film and be like, oh, well, you know, it's, it's a little creepy. It's not really scary. But yes, I, I kind of put Beetlejuice in that same category as Ghostbusters. Even all those iconic characters of, of Fright that were, you know, had dark comedy or, or humor, right? right. Um, Beetlejuice, mm-hmm. Freddy Krueger. 
The leprechaun. The leprechaun is the joke. All of them, I mean, I found myself laughing. I mean, I would relish, I know this is so sick to say, but when Freddie would go after his, uh, his, his, his victims, the things that he would say would crack me up. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. Just, he was just so impressively funny. And I remember when he first killed, who we know now know as Johnny Depp in the very first uh-huh. um, um, Nightmare on Elm Street, it reminds us that, well, when we're asleep, we are very vulnerable. Yes. And that's scary. That is scary. Yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, I agree with you. And, you know, one of the characters that I always found, number one, I wanted the entrance to his home. Number two that I always found hysterical was the Crypt Keeper from Tales from the Crypt. <laughs> he had the best lines. I loved it. It was it was great. And the, and the comic books are great, too. You know, like, yes. you know, you and I are, are avid comic um, lovers, and yeah. even there are some dark horror comics, like the Archie. The Archie, um, the dark Archie. The yeah. dark Archie is really good. Like, I, thanks to Nadim, everybody, <laughs> I have a comicology um, account. <laughs> And whenever I can, I do try to, you know, just read some of the things that I can. It just helps me reminisce on my childhood. So I thank yeah. you for that. Yeah. But I find myself going to all the dark, frightful stuff Same. of Same. the series that yeah. you don't normally get to see. And these are independent published yeah. authors who are, are finally getting their recognition. Yeah. 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 Very good. Um, let's see here. Okay. So this is Brett. Brett just pretty much has a comment for us. And now that we're approaching towards the end of the show, I'm just going to go ahead and read it. He put, I'm not a skeptic of ghosts, but I do laugh at the stories that others have. Make me a believer, Fright Talk. Well, I mean, I don't know if we're going to make you a believer on one episode, so that's why you need to keep listening in so we could eventually convert you into a believer, Brett. But thank you for your comment and your question. And, Brett, we also want to let you know, you, you know, be careful when you're walking outside. You know, recently there have been a very, some very unusual circumstances going on, and people have been disappearing and especially people who are non-believers and we're very very concerned for you Brett we're just kidding (laughs) (laughs) just kidding Brett but you see Brett we want to make you a believer not to be a bright we just want you to be an avid supporter of the fun the joy that bright talk can bring absolutely absolutely and, you know, you know, there were there were a couple questions there that Nadine. We're trying to get them all in. We're trying to get there five so many viewers. coming through. Okay, Bamelia uh, is asking, what's better to scare others or to be scared by others? Well, what you all don't know is that right here in the studio, as we're trying to do our show, our better halves were outside trying to scare us or distract us. Right. And they were literally out. eating popcorn. Yeah, so it, it didn't work. It didn't work. And I think the lounge in the studio is spoiling us. <laughs> they got drinks out there. They got snacks out there. Yeah, they are. And and, and I'll say this, though, too, to answer Amelia's question, I like scaring others. I'll be honest, pranking is fun. It is. And, and I've participated through the years in mm-hmm. many a haunted houses where I'm the scare. Mm-hmm. And I've so enjoyed that so much. So I, I enjoy being the scare, absolutely. Now, when you're at Universal, like a theme park, and like, unfortunately, I can't be there this year. I'm going to be my first year missing Halloween Horror Night in 26 years because of COVID, but it's all good. But being scared in that regard is okay. As long as I know I'm paying for it, I know what I'm getting. I know right. what I'm signing up for. Right, yeah. right. And then uh, I guess this could be our last question. Sure. Maxine from Chicago, she put a great show. 
What are your plans? So, Billy, what are our plans here? What are we trying to do here, Billy? You know, Nadim and I have been talking, so we want to bring more of a continuum to this because this is fun. And our future shows will have a lot more focused topics on a variety of topics. So let us know what your topics are interested, or your interests are. But for now, we're going to do our job to try to bring you at least some real live footage at least two to three times a month, folks, where we can reach out to you and have great dialogue for just one hour on things that are frightful. And so we look forward to having a few conversations. We're, we're still working, working out the scheduling that day. We talked about a Friday evening Friday for the live shows. And we may poll our listeners to see what may work best for you because we do want to make sure we're reaching the best. And if not, you can always email your questions in early. We can ask them. And, of course, you can listen into the archive. But it's so much fun when you're with us so that we can scare you. Absolutely, yes. <laughs> listen, we, we want this is a scared team, right? So the, oh, our, yeah. the thousands of listeners are a scared team, right? All in it together. All in it together. And, and, and we want to say thank you to all of our listeners today. We had an incredible show. If we didn't get your questions, don't worry. We promise to carry it over to the next series yeah. uh, or segment. Um, this next few weeks are going to be very busy for us because we're all getting into the bustle of activity and life, our professions and things like that. But we will not put Fright Talk on the, on the wayside. We're going to be here to serve you and bring you all things frightful. Absolutely. And if you enjoyed the show, send us some love on social media. Oh, yeah. Uh, send us some love through email. And then if you have a question for the next show, put it in there. And we most definitely will try to get to all of them. Uh, again, the email is everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com, everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com. And we're excited for this new venture. This was the premiere episode. It was absolutely it a was. blast. We got so many questions and so many people listening in. It's quite incredible, actually. And we appreciate the fact that you're giving us a chance. Yeah. We could easily have taken this new series in Everyday Folks and made it something related to our pressing issues. And we recognize there are some real pressing issues in yeah. the world. But this outlet deserves a space, too. We wanted something different, and we wanted to bring all of our kind together, right? Yeah. So absolutely. whether you are near or far, we appreciate you, and we want to we want, want you to continue subscribing, supporting Fright Talk. Our next shows, we have a number of shows that are coming up for Everyday Folks in the next few days. Tune in and go to everydayfolksradio.com for our next show. Tuesday at 2 p.m. live, Eastern Standard Time. I am interviewing, gratefully, my dear colleague, Tatiana Gunnett, who just started a new store called Sorted, um, Sorted Folio. And so she has provided an alternative store to a, a boutique for purchasing beauty products and home, home products all the same. And as well, the next week, we got some more Fright Night stuff coming for you. So we're going to be in touch. So camp on to our social media feed, Instagram from the Demon M. Tabs, me, Dr. Billy Jones, and of course, you can subscribe at everydayfolksradio.com at any time so that you can stay in the loop on the latest of what's going on with not only Fright Talk, but all of our other shows as well. Any final words for our listeners? Well, I want to thank you guys for listening in, listening in today to Fright Talk, and I know that you guys uh, have been the help to make it a great success for this premiere. Mm-hmm. So thank you so much. And until next time, this is Nadine saying stay spooky. And stay afraid. We want you to be afraid. Take care.